In a previous episode, we took a mental walk through nature during the introduction to consider how animal birth looks, and we found animals in all sorts of positions, but none were on their backs. This week, I want us to go on a little bit of a different mental walk. Let's take a walk through Bible times and consider where birth was happening. Do we find women going to outside facilities to give birth where the professional doctors were? Do we see them with machines and with tools around them? Are the rooms full of strangers who the women are told are the experts who are there to keep them safe? Or do we see them in the comfort and privacy of their own homes with knowledgeable women surrounding them? Let's talk about that today. Are you a Christian woman yearning for a beautiful, joyful pregnancy and birth with a focus on God, not medical tests? Are you worried the birth you want isn't possible and you're tired of being treated like an accident waiting to happen? Hey mama, I'm Lori, host of Your Birth, God's Way. I'm a certified nurse midwife now, but I wasn't always. After working for nearly 20 years in the broken maternity system, I too was in your shoes wondering how I could have the birth I wanted and that I felt God meant for me to have. I found a secret that has actually been known since the beginning of time. God's way is the best way. Spoiler alert, God made us and our babies and he knows us best. He designed us perfectly for pregnancy, birth, and nourishing our babies after birth if we work with his design and not against it. In this podcast, you'll learn how to be healthy and have joy during this time of life that will be over before you know it. So if you're ready to reclaim your birth and your babies for his glory, go turn on a few episodes of Bluey for that little one on your hip so you can put the focus back on you for a few minutes with me. Did you miss out on getting to sign up for the first round of the Your Birth God's Way Christian Childbirth Education course and now you've got something on your mind that you really need help with but you don't know where to turn? I know so many of you feel rushed and you get flustered during those few brief moments you have with your provider. You've got a list of things you want to talk about in your head, but in the instant that you have to ask them, you forget, or worse, you convince yourself it was a dumb question and you just don't ask. I feel your pain, Mama. So often it's hard to get the information you need from somebody you can trust. So if you're currently kicking yourself because you didn't sign up for our class, do not stress. I'm still here for you. Down in the show notes, there's a link called the Midwife and Me Power Hour, where you can sign up for an entire hour of one-on-one time with me. You'll answer a few brief questions so that then I can tailor our time addressing exactly what you need for where you are in your pregnancy. You don't have to worry about hospital policy or bias influencing the answers you get. You'll just get straightforward advice from a Christian midwife who's been there and done that no matter what that is. I don't have many slots available, so be sure to grab one while you can. I'm here to help you have your birth the way God intended it to be. Go sign up for a Midwife and Me Power Hour right now. Want to read another review this week, as I usually like to do. And I want to ask you one more time, if you haven't, to please go leave me a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast app you use. It helps me more than you realize. Alyssa in Miami, Florida left me a review on June the 12th, and she said, God first. That was the subject. She said, this is a great podcast if you're trying to put God at the center of your pregnancy, birth, and beyond. Thank you. Thank you, Alyssa, for taking the time to leave me a review, and I hope that all of you listening, if you haven't left me a review yet, that you'll go do that right now. Just hit pause, go leave one, take like 30 seconds, come back, 
and pick up where you left off, which is here. <laughs> Sorry, that was just silly. It was acting like I was cutting, right? Anyway, today we're going to talk about where it is that God intended for women to give birth. And we're going to talk about the move over history from home to the hospital and how that all came to be. Many years ago, there was a growing perception that there were high rates of death surrounding childbirth. And you can walk around any cemetery in any small town and you'll see lots of little graves from the early 1900s, late 1800s. So to some degree, this was partially true. This led to a call to make childbirth safer. But remember at that time, midwives were the main ones attending births. So it also led to a physician-led campaign to get rid of midwives altogether, especially in areas where doctors were available to attend births, which in the past hadn't been a thing. It was just midwives. Now, doctors didn't really do the whole home birth thing, right? So eventually this led to a shift in birth location and birth attendant as a status symbol of sorts. A change in the economic picture in America had led to families being consumers rather than producers in all areas of life. So as an extension of that, what used to be handled by women in the family or in the village was now being handled by outsiders, these doctors. Things like birth and death and illness used to be handled by the women in your community or your mother or your sister or whoever it was that had kind of developed an expertise in taking care of people. And now, as people started to leave home for work and started to move to bigger cities and things like that, they were looking to the outside for help. As time progressed, medical discoveries were perceived as better than the traditional ways of doing things. And people began to accept this medical doctor-led model as the way things were done, maybe even the better way that things were done from their perceptions. Hospitals were built and automobiles became much more prevalent at the same time, which made hospitals accessible to more people for all things, including birth. Additionally, prenatal care facilities started to be opened. So all those things together set the stage for then anesthesia coming on to the stage in the late 1800s. And then by 1914, there was something called twilight sleep that women began demanding more and more. Twilight sleep was morphine for pain relief and scopolamine as an amnesiac. So basically, the combination of these two drugs took away all the pain of birth and took away all the memory of birth such that basically the mom would go to sleep and then wake up and have a baby. Now, the upper class women really liked this, and it was kind of a status symbol to be able to say that they had had twilight sleep for their births. And by the 1930s, there was just a general acceptance of narcotics being used in every labor, even though there really was no studies or anything like that to prove that it was safe. Medical education continued to improve at this time, which reinforced the doctor's claim to having this knowledge and authority to be the main practitioners. They gained power and control in hospitals. So naturally there was this bias of the financial incentive that they gained from the public using the hospitals. If people were having their babies at home, they weren't making any money. They wanted the people to have their babies at the hospitals where they were in control and where they had the financial gain. At the same time, the middle class was growing 
and economic prosperity was progressing, but this led to that status symbol aspect getting bigger and bigger. More people didn't want to see be seen as poor. They were now this middle class, and they didn't want to be seen as poor, so they did not seek out the care of the midwives that they had sought for hundreds of years. Also, this middle class really didn't believe that ladies should work outside the home for pay, so fewer women chose to be midwives. Now, this middle class really used to be the lower class, but the new economic prosperity had helped them to grow out of it. So these are the women that might have in the past chosen to be midwives, but now they didn't anymore. And only lower class women were choosing to be midwives, and there weren't as many of those anymore. The upper class certainly would not allow the lower class to care for them. Being a midwife or seeing a midwife became a stigma of being poor, and only people who couldn't afford a doctor would go to a midwife. So for a variety of reasons, birth rates at this same time dropped, and we're not going to get into what those reasons are, but there were a lot of reasons that kind of played into people not having as many babies. So when they did have a baby, it was more of a big event, and it needed special skills. It was no longer seen as a normal process of life. But as it became more obvious that maternal and child health was just not good, federal studies into what was going on began. (laughs) You know what happens when the federal government comes in, right? But I digress. Midwives were blamed as the source of the bad outcomes that were causing the poor health statuses of the moms and the babies. Midwives took the blame. And it was because of their perceived lack of training. Now, that was not reality. Midwives were the best trained and they had the most experience. But as the scapegoats, they were blamed as having no training and that they were causing all this. But the actual source in most cases was the doctors. They didn't even know what normal birth looked like. Most of them had never seen it. Additionally, they were implicated in things like childbed fever, which is where they were going from one patient to the next without washing their hands, and they were spreading illness that led to a very high mortality rate. But yet those same deaths were being blamed on midwives. If midwives had set foot in the room at all, if they had been involved in care at all, they were blamed as the reason for whatever went wrong. Unfortunately, the midwives couldn't really counter it or fight back and defend themselves for a few reasons. One, they were women. They weren't seen as being worth listening to at that time in history. Two, they were poor. And three, they weren't formally trained. In addition, a lot of them couldn't even speak English because a lot of them were immigrants. So uh, the prejudice that existed in society caused their wisdom and their skills to be discounted. In a previous episode, we talked about how women being on their backs was not for their own good and it made birth harder for them, though it made it easier for the doctors. So at the same time that that birth was becoming harder, more complications were also arising because obviously when birth is harder, there's more opportunity for things to go wrong and doctors were able to come in as the saviors of these babies because they said the midwives didn't know enough to fix the problem. When in reality, the medical model is what had broken the birth process. And now the medical model was trying to fix what they had broken by breaking more things. Just boggles the mind. 
So with time, doctors began to view birth as a pathological process because the things that they had done had caused birth not to work right. And doctors like Dr. J. Whitridge Williams, who was the author of Williams Obstetrics, which was the OB textbook for a long time and really it kind of even is today, and Dr. Joseph DeLay portrayed birth as being damaging to everyone or every woman. Dr. DeLay began pushing the use of forceps for everyone, and forceps are kind of like these specialized tongs that help pull a baby out. And today there's even a commonly used instrument that is used on birth floors everywhere known as DeLay suction. So he's, his name lives on even today. Now let's revisit the idea of pain medicine that we talked about a few minutes ago and how it was introduced. So now we got pain medicine on the scene. And eventually everybody expected to have this pain medicine in every birth. But of course, all these pain medicines could not safely be administered outside of a hospital setting because the negative impact they had on the woman was quite dangerous. So home was no longer considered safe. Many women also bought into the idea of painless birth. And since hospital birth was seen as this status symbol, that's what they began to demand. But really... They had been lied to, and they bought the lie in mass. So supply and demand pushed many midwives out of practice, and the ones that survived were eventually taken out by regulation. You see, because of the doctors pushing midwives out as being unqualified to safely attend birth, for quite some time, midwives were not legally able to attend births in most places. Then, as time passed, some moms realized what had happened. They saw the damage that was being done on so many levels, and they wanted to get back to doing things naturally without all these interventions. So midwifery began to make a bit of a comeback, but with restrictions that were imposed by the physicians who wanted to be in control of birth. All of these events converged to introduce physician supervision over midwives and state licensure for midwives. Midwives were now being regulated by people who weren't as good as, at what they did as they were, as the midwives were, because midwives are and have always been the experts in normal birth because they are the ones who have seen it the most. They have the most experience in it. Even today, many doctors who attend births every day have never seen what a truly normal birth even looks like. They are afraid of what they don't know and what they don't understand, and they try to control it though it is not controllable. The restrictions, supervision, and requirements for licensure were a major conflict of interest because doctors were now regulating their competition, which gave them an unfair advantage in the marketplace. This fear and lack of understanding, as well as the conflict of interest, prevails today such that your freedom and your right to give birth to your baby the way that you choose is being impeded by their belief system and their fear of birth, among other things. But we've talked in this podcast at length about the role of fear in the world. It does not come from God. I personally don't believe that much of anything that is happening inside the walls of hospitals today is according to God's will, because I think we are messing with things in ways that he never intended. Our dismal morbidity and mortality rates for moms and baby prove this, Because even though we are one of the richest countries in the world and we spend the most money on birth of pretty much anybody, 
we have some of the worst outcomes in, among developed countries. And despite all these so-called advances, the rates keep getting worse and worse. Taking a healthy mom and a healthy baby into a place of sickness and death does not make sense to me. Exposing a healthy mom and a healthy baby to germs that are not their normal biome does not make sense to me. Challenging a newborn system with pathogens that it shouldn't be encountering, especially when we are injecting those pathogens into their brand new bodies, just as their immune system gets kicked into gear, does not make sense to me. Having 10 strangers in the room looking at the mother's nakedness on display does not make sense to me. Removing a mother from her haven, her place of comfort and peace, and expecting her body to be able to labor normally does not make sense to me. I think that a lot of mamas haven't been honest with themselves. They have said they believe in God as their source, but they run to their doctor to save them, and a doctor's place of business is the hospital. There is perceived safety from perceived danger there. And I get that completely. I totally understand that. But it is a losing proposition because going to a hospital does not mean that there will be a good or even a better outcome. The statistics, unfortunately, prove that. If what was going on in hospitals now or over the last 100 years was the solution, our outcomes would be getting better but they're actually getting worse. Unnecessary interventions are damaging women and babies every single day, causing problems that would have never existed had the woman been left to allow God to bring their baby into the world his way when the time was right. There is absolutely nothing that a doctor can do to improve on God's design and process except mess it up. There is nothing a doctor can save you from without God allowing it. Your baby cannot draw one single breath without God initiating it. None of us can. Not one of us can breathe or even have a heartbeat unless he allows it. Mamas, we are giving up our peace and our joy at the altar of fear by placing our hope in a medical system that also can't function unless he allows it to. To have peace and joy, we must seek him for our hope and our salvation. Not because he's going to fix everything for us here on earth, because we will all die someday. But because he loves us and cares for us and provides everything we need. And someday we seek a home with him in heaven. In other words, we must acknowledge that life here on earth isn't all there is. And we must acknowledge that these things are out of our control by and large. In doing so, we can return to birth in the setting that God provided for us from the beginning. Where we have what is familiar and what is comfortable so that our conscious minds can shut off and allow the involuntary work of labor to kick in when God is ready and we can labor and birth the way he designed us 
to do away from fear and strangers and conditions that cause labor to not work well. In the movie, The Wizard of Oz, Dorothy clicked her heels together three times and said over and over, there's no place like home. There's no place like home. She was right. When it comes to birthing our babies in a peaceful, God-honoring environment, surrounded by warmth and faith and love, there is no place like home. Home, away from potentially harmful, unnecessary interventions, is the safest place for most moms to give birth. Our faith should be in God, knowing that it is in Him that we live and move and have our very being. Acts 17, verse 28. The world has been messing things up from the beginning. It has been messing up what God made perfect from the very beginning. The enemy has been lying to us from the beginning. Our hope does not come from doctors or from hospitals. Our hope comes from Him. When we do things His way, it tends to work out the way he intended. I hope you've learned something today, and I hope you'll share this with another mama who would benefit from learning too. I'll see you next week. Real quick, if today's episode blessed you in any way, would you head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a quick five-star written review? It'll take you less than a minute, but it's the best thank you you can give me, and it will help my show to reach more mamas just like you so we can all find God's best for our families. I'll see you right back here in a few days.